What is up, guys? This is Stan R. Mitchell, and this is the July 15, 2022 View from the Front edition. For those who don't know, every Tuesday and Friday, I discuss military and defense news, as well as some history, motivation, and wisdom, and I do all of this from a moderate perspective. Today is Friday, so I hope everyone's had a great week, and I wanted to make one quick administrative note. The Tuesday newsletter is unlocked and no longer paywalled for those who missed it. You can find that at my substack, which is stanrmitchell.substack.com. Or you can find it at all the various social media places that I post. We're going to begin today's edition with Ukraine. As you may recall, in the Tuesday edition, I shared quite a bit of video and analysis from Twitter about the way our HIMARS rocket systems have uh, been wreaking havoc over there. Uh, for those who don't know, HIMARS stands for High Mobility Artillery Rocket Systems, and these have been absolutely wrecking Russian forces now that they've arrived in Ukraine. I collected lots of data and shared it on uh, the post that I put up on Tuesday, and um, that data supported the analysis that it is absolutely wrecking the Russians. But lo and behold, since then, The Economist published an impressive piece on the same topic, and I am saying that the following, I guess. Am I saying that because I live on Twitter and I search for all kinds of small, little, tiny things there that I covered something before The Economist? Yes, absolutely. I am saying that. But I am also saying that The Economist covered it with much better clarity and authority than I did. And um, so here's what The Economist had to say. Um, basically, they, they did a uh, cumulative reporting on the matter. and. Uh, they've now calculated that um, there have been 19 ammunition depots that have gone up in flames since the Ukrainian forces have started putting the HIMARS rocket systems into force, uh, or into place, I should say. Um, they've also taken out several command posts, including several Russian colonels and generals in the process. Um, Russia has a couple things it can do. If it moves the new ammunition depots further back, it's going to further strain the uh, already stressed logistical nightmare that's facing uh, Russia at this time. Um, the trucks are going to have to drive farther, and these trucks will increasingly become targeted as the linchpin that is holding up the Russian army. Um, but the Economist had a great piece on that. Also, my Tuesday newsletter had lots on that with plenty of exciting explosions that you can see. So you can extend your July 4th celebration by going to check out that post if you want to. Um, moving away from the front line of Russia to its larger picture, Washington Post columnist uh, David Ignatian noted the following, that uh, because of high energy prices, Russia still has plenty of cash, but it's growing harder to buy what it needs. Uh, he noted that U.S. exports to Russia of basically anything that's needed for the Russian military, those have declined by 95.9% compared to a year ago. David Ignatius also added the following, the best evidence that sanctions are working, albeit slowly, comes from Russian officials themselves. The situation is not easy, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov acknowledged last month. Herman Greff, the head of Cyberbank, Russia's largest, warned, we may need about a decade to return the economy to the 2021 levels. He told journalists recently that cargo shipments to Russia had fallen sixfold because of Western sanctions. Um, so obviously this is going to eventually affect Russia's military and probably its civilian sector as well. 
Speaking for myself, I don't know if uh, the citizens of Russia are quite as spoiled as we are here in America, but once you, you know, can't buy a new iPhone or other electronic device that you're craving, I think that's when Putin is really going to feel the internal pressure. Uh, but that internal pressure might actually already be building. Um, one other thing I wanted to cover was uh, Russian expert Fiona Hill recently spoke about this in a uh, video interview with uh, Foreign Policy. Fiona Hill, who is a uh, former official at the U.S. National Security Council, uh, she specialized in Russian and European affairs, and she's also a senior fellow at the Brookings Institution. She made the following points in the interview. Um, she reminded us that Russian President Vladimir Putin was supposed to be up for re-election in 2024, but he signed an executive order in 2020 that changed the Russian constitution to allow him to run two additional six-year terms. As a result, that means he's there now until 2036. Now, Hill says in the interview that President Putin is less popular than most know, and that as his unpopularity grows, there's more incentive for those around him to maneuver against him. Because of this, uh, Fiona Hill made a couple of other points. She speculates that Putin wants to seem popular and that he may actually want to end the conflict in Ukraine. And she also ends by saying that locking up Rus uh, Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, that that's not a sign of someone who's competent. Uh, my take on listening to that interview, which you can see um, or listen to at uh, my most recent newsletter, which you're either already at or you're listening to this on a podcast and you can find at my Substack. But uh, I've linked to that video. But uh, my take on what she says is that barring some kind of, you know, overthrow at home for Putin, the um, Ukraine invasion is just going to it's going to remain a total mess because even if Putin does want peace, he's going to have to negotiate to hang on to what Russia has captured. But on the flip side, numerous Ukrainian officials have said that they're not going to stop fighting until they've taken back every inch of Ukrainian soil. And um, that includes even the peninsula of Crimea, which Russia formally seized back in uh, 2014. So for now, unfortunately, it looks like the war is just going to continue to grind on. Moving to the Middle East, uh, President Joe Biden has traveled there and he's meeting with Saudi Arabia today. He started the trip in Israel and the uh, Associated Press had a wonderful summary of the situation that he entered. And I quote, during a visit to the Israeli-occupied West Bank on Friday, President Joe Biden offered compassion and financial assistance for hope-starved Palestinians, but also delivered a blunt acknowledgement that the ground is not ripe for new attempts to reach an elusive peace. Political uncertainty in Israel, which is holding another round of elections in November, and the weakness of Palestinian authority and leadership has dimmed any chance of restarting negotiations that broke down more than a decade ago. That is what I would call an excellent summary of the situation, and I dare say that uh, anyone listening to this would probably agree with every word of that. Um, I looked at the uh, White House fact sheet following the visit, and there were a couple of things that happened. Um, one, uh, Biden pledged new contributions totaling $316 million to support the Palestinian people. Uh, the, the White House is saying this is on top of the half billion dollars the U.S. has provided since um, provided to the Palestinian people since the Biden administration restored much needed funding to the Palestinians. Also announced was that Israel has also committed to upgrading wireless networks in the West Bank and Gaza. Uh, Biden's left Israel and um, he's now in Saudi Arabia, as I mentioned earlier. CNN is reporting that while 
quote, oil production is not expected to be the main topic of the meeting. U.S. officials do expect the topic to arise. The United States is hoping that Saudi Arabia will boost production, but Biden says he's traveling to Saudi Arabia as part of a much broader agenda to promote U.S. interests. He also plans to meet with leaders from Egypt, Iraq, and Jordan. CNN quoted Biden as saying he has, quote, an opportunity to fix the mistake of walking away from our influence in the Middle East. That's obviously a, a uh, reference to the Trump administration. From the story, which quoted Biden, uh, Biden said, quote, there are so many issues at stake that I want to make clear that we can continue to lead in the region and not create a vacuum, a vacuum that is filled by China and or Russia against the interest of both Israel and the United States and many other countries. That wraps up the news portion, so let's, uh, as always, try to end with some motivation and wisdom. The following are just some uh, great things I found on Twitter. The first comes from Success Minded, uh, quote, stay prepared, opportunities are coming. thought that was pretty good. Another one I found was from Motivational Quotes on Twitter. It's a Russian proverb, quote, when you meet a man, you judge him by his clothes. When you leave, you judge him by his heart. Okay, who we've also got one from Success Minded, quote, be the person you look up to. Thought that was a great one. Uh, additionally, we got one from Life Quotes uh, from Ray Owen. It's quoted as saying, trying times are not the times to stop trying. Another good one. This one is uh, from Success Minded. What's happening in your life is a result of what's happening in your mind. That is a phenomenal quote. We should all be trying to stay as mentally strong as possible. Um, this one's from Motivational Quotes. Uh, they quote George, uh, George Burns as saying, I'd rather be a failure in something that I love than a success in something that I hate. Loved that. Uh, finally, one from Success Minded. Everyone has ideas. Success is all about execution, which is a great one to end on. That's it for this edition. As a reminder, please be kind and endeavor to love your fellow Americans. We need to pull this country together, and that starts with all of us. And if you love what you're reading or listening to, make sure you subscribe. Um, you can be a paid or paid subscriber, or you can just sign up for uh, free notifications. Um, that's it for me. This is Stan R. Mitchell. Don't forget to check out my books. I've written a uh, CIA Marine Sniper series, a detective series, a private investigator series. I've written an action-packed Western, a leadership biography book and two realistic war novels. One's about World War II, and one is about Afghanistan. Thanks again for listening. Uh, should be a new post put out Tuesday, and unless something changes, you'll be hearing my voice on that day as well. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great weekend.